Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Tuesday. This is Seattle Now. King County hit a grim milestone this year. At least 253 unhoused people died in 2022. That's an all-time high. I'll talk with KUOW reporter Casey Martin about it in a minute. But first, let's get you caught up. It's going to be cold this week. National Weather Service says the sun will be out, but temperatures will be dropping. Highs are going to be in the upper 30s with lows in the 20s. And yes, that is much colder than average for this time of year. A good reminder to keep your pets indoors overnight and get your outside faucets covered. 18 people were injured Monday morning after two buses collided on I-5 South in Seattle. State Patrol says the buses were carrying U.S. Navy personnel. Seattle fire crews treated 18 people at the scene. Ten injured people were checked into Harborview Medical Center, where at last check, they were in satisfactory condition. And it's the most wonderful time of the year, unless you forgot to mail your gifts. Holiday shipping deadlines are on the horizon, so if you're sending something with FedEx Ground, your deadline is tomorrow, so put some pep in your step. You got a little more leeway with the U.S. Postal Service, December 17th. 17th for ground service, December 20th for UPS. All of these services have quicker, more expensive options, but who needs that during the holidays? One of Mayor Bruce Harrell's signature issues during his campaign was a pledge to end homelessness. And while bold promises about complex issues are never very realistic, when King County experiences the most deaths of unhoused people in 20 years, it's important to look at what's working and what's not. KUOW reporter Casey Martin is here to explain what's going on. Hey, Casey, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. So, Let's start off by talking about the increase in deaths of unhoused people this year. What is this year's number and what is the increase? So far this year, at least 253 people in Seattle and King County died while experiencing homelessness. That's according to a local advocacy group, Wheel. They say in 20 years of holding vigils, this is a shocking record. Last year, they recorded about 178 deaths. And in 2020, there were at least 139 who died. So you're, you know, seeing an increase over a couple of years. Wow. So what's going on here, Casey? Why has that number grown yet again? Advocates say that while the homeless population has grown around Seattle over 20 years, so has the number of people who die while unhoused. Unfortunately, a lot of people who need the most help out there, people who are struggling with drug abuse while homeless, are not getting help and many are overdosing and dying. Oh, wow. So fentanyl is a huge Mm -hmm. issue out on the streets, Casey. November was a particularly deadly month for people on the street. Let's talk about why that was. Yeah, number one was extreme weather caused a number of deaths, a lot of hypothermia, people who die of carbon monoxide poisoning, trying to stay warm inside of a tent or inside of an RV. You know, you'll remember how cold it was. You know, imagine trying to stay warm outside. And as you said, you know, fentanyl was a huge problem. Yet again, there were 40 people who died unhoused in November and about 25 were fentanyl related overdoses, over half, uh, which is a crisis that is still on the rise, you know, here locally and nationwide. Wow. That is that is a shocking number, Casey. You know, 2022 was the most deadly year for unhoused people in 20 years. I know you've spoken with Wheel. What are they talking about when they're trying to explain how this got so bad? 
Yeah, Wheel works closely with the King County Medical Examiner's Office. That's where they're able to verify cause of death and identities. And recently, the Medical Examiner's Office put out a 10-year review of homeless deaths in the county, over 1,400 people who have died in that time, and they found nearly half of all deaths are accidental. Uh, A person getting hit by a car, a person getting hit by a bus, somebody overdosing. They point to a greater need for outreach programs, needle exchanges could help these, uh, mobile clinics, and a lot of advocates say that, you know, things like pedestrian infrastructure, better sidewalks, you know, better lighting uh, is necessary for everyone to stay safe because a lot of these accidents are people getting hit, like I said, by cars or buses or trains. This deaths are really speaking to the unpredictable chaos of people's lives out on the Mm -hmm. streets, Casey. And of course, we were talking about exposure, which is very common here in the city during the winter months. The city also makes shelter space available when the temperatures drop, but shelters aren't always a good solution for everyone. Let's talk about why that is. Shelters do open. You know, they're very likely to open this week to get people out of the cold. Uh, A big struggle is, you know, people have all of their possessions. They have everything with them. And it's simply not easy to pack up everything you have and take it to a shelter. Uh, These shelters aren't everywhere. Typically, they're in city centers. So in the center of Ballard or in downtown Seattle. uh, But they're not everywhere, not in everybody's neighborhood or community. So packing up, moving all your things, typically only for Uh, you know, a week while the shelter is open. Also, a lot of shelters are only open overnight. They are not open during the day. So during the day, you have to find someplace else to go. And uh, another problem is people have pets. You know, people have partners. People have uh, a lot in their life that's just not so easy to pack up and move. Right. And you can certainly understand why people would be hesitant to separate from each other Mm -hmm. by going into a shelter, separating from their partners or their pets. You know, Casey, I noticed a new tiny house village going up here in North Seattle on the site that was previously being used for a COVID quarantine site. How do tiny houses fit into the city's plan right now? Yeah, you are seeing tiny house villages uh, that, you know, they are expanding right now. They are growing. They're they're popping up in areas, you know, wherever, uh, you, you know, they're able to put them. You know, there's one in the university district right now. It'll only be there a couple of years, uh, but it's, it's a much needed space. And they're very popular for people who do get into these tiny houses. We were talking about shelters. And another reason people may be a little hesitant to go to shelters is safety and security. So, you know, you go to a shelter, you know, these can be, you know, somewhat large. There's not a lot of privacy. People worry about having their stuff stolen. With a tiny house, you get four walls and a locking door. Uh, people are able to bring their pets. There are a lot of families in these tiny houses. Uh, you know, So these are an area that they can be transitional. They are sometimes for people, not in every instance. They can be a way to get out of a tent into a tiny house and then hopefully into long-term housing like an apartment. That isn't the case for everybody, uh, but that's a lot of people I talk to in tiny houses. That's what they're trying to do. Right. And this is a somewhat controversial half step for a lot of neighborhoods, these tiny Mm -hmm. house villages. But it sounds like from what you're saying, Casey, an important one, at least for now in the city for the, the people who are unhoused. You know, Mayor Bruce Harrell made a big deal this past year to get more people off the street and out of encampments, something else we see a growing number of around here. And he's doing it using sweeps. Have these sweeps been effective? And what do you know about where the people who are impacted by these sweeps are landing afterwards. Yeah. And as you said, you know, these are very controversial. And 
for a lot of people, unfortunately, they are getting moved around. I, I talk to a lot of people that uh, if they are moved off of one street, they try to find a nearby street adjacent that they won't get bugged by you know, neighbors or nearby businesses calling the cops on them. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people, if they're in RVs or if they have large shelter space, uh, they are not going to be you know, set up to go into a temporary shelter. They are going to choose to move. And right now, the you know, Regional Homelessness Authority and the city you know, is really trying to prioritize getting people into long-term housing. Unfortunately, the options that are available right now, they just don't meet people's needs and people's priorities right now. So, you know, typically when a street is cleared, already we're seeing some that were cleared earlier this year and people have returned. RVs have set up in a lot of streets that were cleared just a couple of months ago. You know, Casey, Bruce Harrell made solving homelessness central to his campaign, given everything we've been talking about and the city's record deaths this year. How should we be thinking about this? One thing I I think about is the the way that we frame the discussion. Uh, Mayor Harrell often talks about public safety. And when he's first asked about public safety or crime, uh, immediately uh, he'll often start talking about homelessness. And what a lot of advocates would like to talk about is the the human crisis and the, 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 the public health crisis that is homelessness and uh, able to have that discussion so that way it's a bit more humanitarian and giving. And Bruce Harrow has talked a lot about leading with love. That's been kind of his his mission statement from the uh, from the get go. Uh, but people would like to see a little bit more that, you know, translate into action. So, you know, sending fewer police to these camp clearings, uh, you know, sending out more outreach workers and people who have, you know, addiction, especially uh, those kinds of things. People would like to see that kind of conversation change so it's not so much a crime discussion, but more of a public health discussion. Yeah, and Casey, I can't help but point out that what we are talking about here is visible homelessness, right? There are a lot of people in this city who are currently living in their vehicles and couch surfing to try to get by. Yeah, yeah. Homelessness is is very fluid. And, you know, even this discussion started with the number of people who died while experiencing homelessness. Uh, you know, a lot of advocates say that that's a gross undercount. There are so many people uh, that were in between housing or, like you said, you know, couch surfing, staying with a friend or family member, and they may have not been counted, you know, as as they're totaling up this number. All right. Let's talk about what may move the needle here. What's in the mayor's budget this next year? Yeah, this year it did feel like a lot more discussion. There was a lot of debate in city council and you know the mayor was talking a lot about hundreds of millions of dollars into affordable housing. You know, these things do help. It helps people, uh, you know, stay in housing and they, they don't end up living in their car or an RV. There is some anti-eviction money, again, keeping people in apartments. Millions of dollars will be going to the King County Regional Homelessness Authority. And, you know, they are trying to have a more cohesive, organized approach to addressing the homelessness crisis. So a lot of advocates want to see the Homelessness Authority bolstered up and really just kind of leading uh, the organizational effort for the for the county. And also some money will go to RV lots and safe sites. Again, people do not want to part with their RVs. These are their homes. They just want to find a place where they can legally and safely park their RVs and some money will go to that as well. In your conversations, Casey, with unhoused people, is there a sense that things have gotten worse out on the street? What are they telling you about their lives right now? One thing you hear a lot about is overdoses. Every every person I talk to says they know somebody who has overdosed. They know somebody who has died. Uh, a tent next to them might be empty and somebody will say, yeah, he, he left yesterday. Nobody's seen him since. There is, unfortunately, a very grim tone uh, right now. And also the 
sweeps and camp clearings have been at a steady pace. A lot of people are being moved around while it's raining, while it's very, very cold. And there isn't a, a feeling that uh, things are really getting better. Uh, a lot of people I do talk to who do get into shelters and to tiny house villages, they are seeing the change. They, they do feel uh, uh, like things have taken a turn. But there's still so many people who are just continuing to move around the city. All right. Really tough time. Really tough time of year for people. KUOW's Casey Martin. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for your reporting. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Caroline Chamberlain Gomez produced today's episode. The show is also produced by Claire McGrain, Vaughn Jones, Jenny Cecil Moore, and Brandy Fullwood. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow.